Perception. Perception is reality. Reality. Perception is reality. Some talk shows think all of their opinions are right. This one, this one knows they are. This is Perception is Reality. Christopher H. Bilbury is a no-nonsense, well, maybe a little bit of nonsense, political activist, local government watchdog, and all-around good Hoosier and God-fearing American citizen. Is this guy for real? Holding lawmakers accountable and educating citizens on the importance of participating in their local government with a dab of national and world politics and a little pop culture and maybe some real-life common sense. This, this is, is Perception is Reality. And this is Christopher H. Bilbrey. Corruption, corruption everywhere. Not a drop of common sense to spare. You know, sometimes it feels like the craziness going on around you is the only craziness in the world and it's not like this or it can't be like this anyplace else but it turns out that's not exactly true and it's pretty crazy everywhere welcome ladies and gentlemen to this 56th episode of perception is reality i'm your host christopher h bilbury thanks for listening on whatever podcast hosting site that you are iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, or if you're listening at the home link of perception.fireside.fm, I want to give you a big thumbs up. I'm going to ask you to continue sharing the podcast and the individual episodes with everyone you know. Tell your friends, your family, your coworkers, your neighbors, put it on social media. Just help spread the word and let's increase the listener base. That's only going to help make this better for each and every one of us because it broadens our horizons. Like, for example, today, this 56th episode, which I'm calling Corruption, Corruption Everywhere, is going to be looking at the city of Anderson, Indiana. Anderson's not really a community that we've talked about a whole lot. And so since this is about making government better where you live and going over the different things that are wrong, looking at how we can fix things and getting people engaged, this is a really good time to take a look at this. Over the course of the last couple days into the last week, week and a half, I've started communicating with Stephanie Finney on Facebook, the Christopher H. Bilbrey Perception is Reality podcast page. And Stephanie is a Madison County Anderson resident who is active in her community and has been attempting to get people involved, get people understanding what's going on, and she has been attempting to fight what I call broken local government. So just on the other side of this quick break, we're going to get Stephanie on the phone and we're going to talk with her and find out just what the hell's going on in Anderson And we're going to figure out if there's any way that we can help her. We're going to listen to what she's currently up against, what she's doing to try to combat it. And maybe we can share experiences and welcome this new listener base from Anderson, Indiana to the show. We'll be back with Stephanie. You're listening to Perception is Reality. I'm Christopher H. Bilbrey, and we'll be right back. 
flu can be very serious. Everyone six months and older should get the best available flu protection, a flu vaccine, every year. Hashtag fight flu. Learn more at cdc.gov flu. This is the Community Spotlight, where Bill Bree looks directly at a community in need of a bit closer examination. In the words of Tip O'Neill, all politics is local, and we're about to get local. All right, welcome back. We are joined on the phone with Stephanie Finney. Stephanie is a Madison County lifelong resident. She is the creator of a Facebook page called the City of Anderson Concerned Citizens Coalition, and she She's trying to bring awareness to the citizens about the government of Anderson and Madison County. Stephanie, welcome to the show and thanks for being on with us. Thank you so much for having me. It's going great and I really appreciate you bringing me on the air today. No problem. Thank you for joining us. Tell me a little bit about that page. I literally just formed this about two weeks ago. It's just a new group. We're trying to get the citizens together to demand accountability in our city. Demand accountability in your city. I like that because that's that's my main focus. Engage people with the community. Engage people within local government. You know, everybody seems to be so interested in what's going on in Washington, D.C., and Donald Trump this and Nancy Pelosi that, but yet they don't know what's going on in their own backyard. They don't know what the mayor does. They don't know who's on the city council, and that's the government that most affects everybody closest because it's where you're paying the most of your tax money to, and it's who cleans your streets, and it's your police protection and your fire protection, and it's whether or not you have economic opportunities in your city or do you have to drive 45 minutes to work every day so what's going on in your backyard and in your local government is the most important thing and so my goal is to bring awareness to local government and to engage people in local government get people asking questions attending meetings and get people to have an understanding of local government, how it works, who the officials are, who the candidates running for office during the elections are, and asking questions. And then obviously from there, getting people registered to vote, making sure people get out to vote. And then then the ultimate goal would actually be having a certain amount of citizens say, hey, I can do this and I can file and run for office and be, you know, kind of the change that they want to see. So I like to hear that there are other people in other cities that are doing this. Anderson is a community that I've wanted to kind of break into for quite some time. And so for those that might not know about your group, let us know a little bit about what your issues are. What are you fighting? What are you looking at in Anderson? Well, this all started really about seven or eight months ago when I started becoming more active when our local youth center, uh, they were trying to basically kick them out of the facility that they are currently residing in. Um, So another concerned citizen had called a meeting to try and see how we can come together as a community not to lose the youth center for the youth in our city. And through that, I have met a lot of individuals that are starting to really become more active. Um, It's at the Trustee Youth Center. So it is also a part of our city government and an elected official is basically overseeing the youth center. But there was some issues 
with an already existing youth center in there. So that's really when I became involved and started to see how the local government really worked because <laughs> I was one of those citizens that seriously had blinders on and really didn't know much about the inner workings of our government. And you're absolutely correct about everyone is worried about, you know, the White House and Trump and all of that. But what we should really be focused on is our own city, something that directly impacts us. So that has really um, became a passion of mine now to really help the citizens understand that their vote really does matter. And what was so eye-opening to me was in this past election, there was only 28% of the voters that voted in the city of Anderson. And so it's, it's just very disheartening that a lot of people aren't taking advantage of that opportunity. So hearing you say that is like a breath of fresh air that that's what you're trying to do in the city of Muncie. So that's really what I hope to accomplish with the city of Anderson Concerned Citizens Coalition. I want to get people involved and get them going to meetings. And so far we have actually had um, pretty good traction on getting some of the citizens to attend the meetings. And one huge barrier in our city, which I don't know if they have this in Muncie, but our city hosts meetings for the public at like 4.30 in the afternoon. (laughs) Well, most of our citizens are at work during these times. So it's just always working against us, I feel like. That's one of the problems I've had with local government on a large scale everywhere is that they hold meetings at the most inopportune time for citizen involvement because the majority of your citizens are working during those times and they cannot engage. Now, I understand not all meetings can be held at 6.30 or 7 p.m., but your biggest meetings, your city council meeting, your county commissioner's meeting, your county council, your board of works, you know, meetings like that should be held 6, 6.30, 7.30, so that the majority of the citizens that work regular business hours, 9 to 5, 8 to 4, something like that, can get mm-hmm. off work, get home, get cleaned up if they so choose, get food to the kids or, or for the spouse or, or for themselves, and then get to the meeting so they can participate. And something else that I push for, and some communities do it and some communities don't, in this age of social media, it doesn't take thousands of dollars and a massive great big budget for a government to go and buy an iPad or go and buy a camera for 500 bucks or or a cell phone that someone you know is a city owned cell phone and stream the meeting live on a Facebook page and that way folks can engage because there are folks that work seconds or there are folks that are homebound or in bed or are sick or listen are a single mother who has worked all day and then has kids to raise and can't get to the meeting but that doesn't mean she's not concerned and so could interact Absolutely. with the government through live stream and so does anderson live stream the meetings they do not. We actually have a wonderful councilwoman, um, Rebecca Kroom. She is the president of our city council. 
Yeah. She actually uses her personal cell phone yep. and she live records every meeting that she attends, which is wonderful. And that's really how I started seeing the inner workings of our government. What is so crazy to me is that we actually have an Anderson TV. We have yeah. a whole department that has the capabilities of doing that, the live streaming, the putting all of these on our Anderson TV so that our citizens can actually be informed. And they're not doing that. That is one of the things that I am pushing for and hope that city council will put in some type of ordinance or mandate that they need to do that. I mean, the tax dollars are paying for the Anderson TV and the employee that is running that, and we're not getting... Wow. What we should be out of it. Yeah, that's that's absolutely crazy. I, I don't understand why they would not be doing that. That just doesn't make any sense. The the city of Muncie live streams their meetings. They also have a community focused television channel for the local providers and that you know they they don't run the meetings on the TV channel but they do on the live Facebook they do run a lot of yes, other information I, on the channel yes and i was actually very surprised i sat and watched the city council meeting and honestly i was appalled at what <laughs> i was seeing up there um <laughs> But I was grateful that they actually were live streaming on Facebook. Now, yeah. before we held the election in Anderson um, for the municipal election, we had a forum that the um, League of Women Voters yep. held. They had all of our candidates up there. And the only station, the only person that was allowed to record was the Anderson TV. They did not even air that on YouTube or Facebook, oh or any of that. Yes, so none of the citizens that were not in that meeting or didn't have um, Anderson TV got to see who their candidates were. And I was fighting that tooth and nail, calling up there, getting other people involved, the League of Women Voters. They requested the Anderson TV to release the footage, and they wouldn't. So... That is such a disservice to our citizens. They didn't even really get a fair shot at seeing who our candidates were. Yeah. So, where where was where was the forum held? It was actually held at the city building. Okay. Um, right See, downtown in Anderson. Then then that's where I would have said, you know what? Here's the deal. We're in a public building. I'm going to film this mm -hmm. on my. I can. I'm going to live stream this, and you're going to tell did. me I can't. And then we're going to get to a point where you're either going to have to decide that just let this play out or you're going to escort me out and have a lawsuit on your hands or arrest me and have a lawsuit on your hands. Now, I understand right. not everybody is willing to push it that far. I, I do want to let you know. I am I am I'm a pretty strong proponent for holding the ground. I in in November of 2017. I was arrested in a Winchester City Council meeting for speaking out in a three-second blurb. I, I spoke over the course of three seconds and was arrested for disorderly conduct. And wow. the arrest was a unlawful, illegal arrest. It resulted in a federal lawsuit against the city of Winchester, and I won that federal lawsuit. We, we settled out of court 
Um, but I I consider it a win, the punitive damage that was paid. I, I felt as though I uh, came out ahead and that they were in the wrong. There were uh, several officials that were involved with that, that after all of that was no longer involved. We had people retire. We had people resign. We had an at-large council member resign. So I looked at that as a win. And there were a lot of other residual information from that that won. So that's really the test case for me. I pushed and thought, okay, so when I'm involved with the city of Muncie, like the other night, when you've got the council president saying, you know, I'm going to give you a warning and I'm going to have you removed from, from here. I thought, okay, let's do that. I don't think that's going to work for you. You can have me removed and, you know, we'll talk about it later legally. Uh, they held a recess and talked with the chief of police because there was actually a gentleman that got up after me to speak that they were trying to have removed and the police simply wouldn't act because at least in this position, the police said, you know, I know we can't cross that boundaries. This is the thing that everybody needs to know and I try to get across to everybody. You are a citizen of the United States of America and the state of Indiana... Madison County or Indiana cannot limit your First Amendment right. They can expound upon it, but they cannot limit it. So if you're inside a public building during a public meeting or a public forum like that, they don't have to answer you. They don't have to recognize you, but they can't stop you from talking and or, you know, expressing yourself. And one of those First Amendment rights would be streaming that meeting or recording that meeting so you know that's something to always you know always keep in the back of your mind there i did get to live stream i Good. did i was actually sitting in the middle so they could not actually get to me <laughs> okay but there one of the other candidates um robert joswiak he is the libertarian candidate that we had for this past election yep. he actually had a cameraman there and had a microphone on his um, tie so that when he was answering questions and everyone was answering questions, they could hear the answer. And the man was removed from the audience. He was oh. removed by the League of Women Voters and um, Scott Underwood, which is in charge of the Herald Bulletin and Anderson, our newspaper. So, yeah, and it, it got pretty loud when they removed him. There was actually people in the audience saying, shh, you know, like, be quiet. We can't hear the candidate speaking because you guys are being so loud trying to remove this man for recording this. And so it was just, I don't know. I, I don't know what recourse he had, but he did get a little piece of it where they were up on the stage telling him that they could get him the recording after the debate was over, but still they never released it to anyone. So That's it's ridiculous. like they're saying these things, but they're not following through. Yeah, right, right, absolutely. And another thing that I – that's that's just crazy. Another thing that I always say um, is that politics on the local level is not the same thing as politics on the national level. So I consider myself to be conservative. I consider myself to be a right-leaning um, libertarian, possibly um, conservative, right-leaning libertarian – on the national level, I consider myself to be Republican. Um, 
Now, that doesn't mean I've not voted Democrat nationally. It just depends on what goes on. I absolutely look at the best candidate and the best situation and the best scenario across the board always. That will always be a factor. I have never voted straight party in any election I have ever voted in. On the state level and on the local level in city and county uh, elections, I have always split my ticket. I have always supported Democrats, Republicans, Libertarians. You know, it just depends on who's the best. On the local level, you know, we're not dictating First Amendment rights, Second Amendment rights. We're not talking about immigration or abortion. We're trying to decide on, you know, police and fire protection and snow removal and trash removal and economic development. And there, it's common sense. Republican, Democrat doesn't matter. So let me ask you this, and I don't know, maybe your group doesn't focus on this, and if so, that's fine. But are you guys claiming that somebody or some party, you know, the Republicans or the Democrats or, or this Republican or this Democrat, who, who is at fault? Honestly, we're looking at it from all angles now. Yeah. Um, I'm not really gunning for the Republican Party or the Democratic Party to really place blame because, honestly, it is both. Yep. Um, the Republican Party, before our current mayor, he's Democrat, yep. they hired an individual that lied about his credentials. And that man is still working during this administration. So, and we have proof of this. We actually, black and white proof, requested the transcripts um, from the National Student Loan Database. Um, it stated that he did go to school, but he never got the degree. Then I further talked to the reporter from the Herald Bulletin because he had heard my my post off of Facebook. It got shared a lot of times and people were talking in the city about it. And he confirmed himself that no, he did not have that degree. It was, it is still live on his personal Facebook page. And I have it all documented on my Facebook post and I posted it on the Concerned Citizens page. So it's like we have black and white proof, but everywhere I go, they keep saying, well, the mayor is the one who is over personnel. So yeah. Who holds him accountable is where we're at. We're trying to find out really how to hold them accountable. And city council, we just had um, a meeting over a $2.8 million park bond. And they literally saw zero financials, zero anything to do with finances. And they pushed the park bonds through. I mean, mind-blowing how they can even do that. So that, that's what we're looking at all angles right now as okay. far as... Um, trying to get the state board of account to get in here and just look at the mess, honestly. Absolutely. I noticed, and I, I, I just want you to verify if I'm, if I'm correct here, uh, just to give a rundown for those that are listening. For the city of Anderson, in this last current election, Thomas Broderick had a pretty big win for re-election as a Democrat. He's the Democrat incumbent. He was the mayor. He's yeah. currently the mayor. And he will be the yeah. mayor on January 1st, 2020. And then Correct. the council is a seven to two Democrat majority, meaning there are seven Democrats and two Republicans. Correct. And your council lineup is District 1, Culp, who's a, a Republican yep. incumbent. District 2, 
Davis, who is a Democrat, who has been in office for 10 terms. Is this she correct? She has, and not only that, not only that, she is currently, and no ill will towards her at all. I, I pray for her and all of that. No ill will. But she has been in a nursing home and has not been attending any of these meetings for some time. And she actually said that she wasn't going to run for re-election. And the Democrats, you know, told her that they did want her to run for re-election so that they could appoint someone uh, after she won. Because, yes. Ah, uh, yes. That's what's amazing. So the Republicans did not run anyone for that seat? They did run someone for the seat, but since um, Davis had been in there for 10 years and everyone knew her name, she was pretty much what they would call a shoe-in yeah. to that spot. Okay. So that's how they ran that seat, yeah. Okay, and so District 3 is Republican John Bell, and that's yeah. he is he's an incumbent. District yep. 4 is Ollie Dixon, Democrat incumbent. Correct. District 5, you have Lane Stevenson, who's a Democrat incumbent. District Lance 6, Stevenson, yeah. yeah, Lance Stevenson, sorry. District 6 is Joe Newman, Democrat incumbent. Correct. And then for your three at-large seats, I have Ty or uh, Anthony Bibbs, Democrat incumbent. Rebecca Crooms, Democrat incumbent. And then I see Rick Marr, maybe? Meyer? Uh, Murr. Murr. And that's yep. Democrat. Now, is he an incumbent or is he new? He is new. Okay. Um, he actually, I believe, I'm not sure who he kicked off, honestly, because like I said, I'm very fresh in this. Sure. Um, but I believe he is new um, on the I, council that's, coming that's what in it looked like. January 1st. That's what yeah. it looked like to me was that he was a he would be a new but he's he is a democrat taking over for a democrat and so it's Correct. not like and it looks like he's taking over for Greg Graham and yes. so yep. Greg Graham is currently on the council so basically out of all of these positions everybody but one is reelected and so that's the first thing i always tell everybody in an election you have to ask yourself, hey, okay, here, here we are right now. It's October 2019, and if we look back four years in October of 2015, are we better off now or are we worse off now? If we're better off now, hell, reelect everybody. That sounds great. If we're if if right. we're running right along and everything's going good and some communities are like that, great, reelect everybody, praise, you know, break out the break out the wine, champagne, everything's great. If things are not running smoothly and, you know, the shit's hitting the fan, maybe it's time to throw out people who have been holding office for 10 terms. And so, yeah. I mean, that's that's 40 years. That's that's longer than I've been right. alive. And so, you know, I I I'm just that's that's interesting to me that I saw that makeup. So, you know, that might be a little bit of the problem uh that that Anderson's facing. So, that's that's interesting to know uh for anyone that's in Anderson that's listening to this that's just now getting involved, you know, or for people outside of Anderson that's listening. So let me ask you this. You mentioned a couple other things just quickly in passing uh, last night and over the last couple days that you have 
situations where there are some receipts that are missing and other, you know, what what people might be looked at as corruption. And I'll say this because so my my hometown where I was born and raised is Muncie. My current city I live in is Winchester. And so I focus on both those. I focus on Richmond. I focus on Indianapolis. I'm interested in mm-hmm. what's going on in Newcastle. And so I'm, I'm kind of hit all over. Anderson's one that I've really been trying to break into, and I know that there's some issues. Currently in Muncie, Muncie's in the middle of a four-and-a-half-year-long federal FBI investigation into corruption. And so not all towns or not all cities are, are as lucky has what's going on in Muncie currently where, you know, the feds are actually helping the citizens in cleaning up some of the issue. But that doesn't right. mean that corruption is not taking place in other areas. It just means it's not being looked at yet. So what right. are some other issues that you are seeing that you've found that you're having problems? Like, do you have, have you submitted any APRA request access to public records or some people call them FOIA requests? Do you do that? Have you had any issues getting paperwork, getting getting documents that should be there that they should be giving you? I mean, what are some of the things that you have been doing since you've been involved and what are some of the findings that you found? I have actually requested um, public information myself. I have been getting a lot of information that is the public information that other people are requesting, yeah. but they do not want to accept the information because either they are a city employee or they're afraid of retaliation or afraid for their family. I have actually received threats because of the information that I am putting out here. So a lot of the information, honestly, isn't even gathered by myself. It's other individuals that are concerned, but they just cannot use their voice to concern them. And they know I have a very large following on Facebook, which has helped tremendously in this effort to, you know, start getting the word out like, hey, we are looking into this. And you hit the nail on the head, the $11,000 worth of missing credit card receipts that the mayor has yet to produce and has been asked to produce those, and they are nowhere to be found. So there are things like that. And when I spoke actually to the um, state board of accounts, she mentioned that that is the type of information that they need. They do not want to hear us say that, you know, well, they're using funds on this and we don't like that. They're wanting, you know, black and white proof that, hey, this is being mismanaged and misused. So those are the types of facts that I'm really looking for and trying to dig up information um, because, like I said, I'm very new into this, so it is very refreshing hearing that you have been, you know, very involved and in going at this. And, you know, I'm just thankful that I have the opportunity to even speak to you because you are right. The federal investigation that's going on in Muncie, that is what I would love to see happen in the city of Anderson. And, I don't know how to get to that point. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm reaching out to the State Board of Accounts. But as far as actually getting someone in there, because at this point, our city council, we we have to go above our city council's head at this point. Because like you said, it is stacked Democrats and two Republicans. And honestly, on this $2.8 million park bond, the only no that we had was from a Democrat. Yeah. So, I mean... 
know. It's frustrating. And the number one thing is you you've got to keep going. I'll tell you when I. I've been politically active since I've been about seven or eight years old, and everyone's always like, that don't make sense. And I always say, well, of course, of course I wasn't voting when I was eight, and of course I wasn't like going and talking to people and, and saying the same thing that I'm saying now. But that's when I started going to events. My grandmother was active. My family was involved in local uh, government and politics, and my grandmother ran for office, was very involved, was a precinct committeeman, ran for several different offices, and, and I've worked on many campaigns, knocked on doors, worked elections, worked outside, you know, campaigning for people on election day, worked inside as the various uh, stations inside the uh, election polling areas, and so I've always been involved, and I've just recently, in the last two two years three years fallen into this broadcast side i've also ran for office twice myself i ran once in 2001 and once in 2015 uh, once in delaware county and once in in randolph county uh, i don't know that i'll run again i think that i'm making more of a dent in what's going on this side of the microphone I feel as though right. the following that I've got, and and I certainly don't take that credit. It's not. It's not me. I'm just an idiot talking into a microphone. It's the fact. Right. That that's how I feel too. Exactly. And it's 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 the people that share the information. It's the people that believe in me. It's the people that don't believe in me that, that w are willing to debate. That that are willing to Absolutely. call me out and call me and say, hey, you know, you're full of shit. Uh, and and that yep. debate back and forth. And and that's what brings people to the cause and I, I will never I don't ever I don't blame somebody for saying I'm wrong I don't ever you know chastise somebody and say ah oh, no it's my way or the highway I don't block people my Facebook page is wide open anyone can get to my audio information anyone can get to my live video feeds I will debate you all day long you can come on and tell me that I'm an idiot I'm wrong the number one thing is we're humans Something is right. wrong with you if you agree with me 100% of the time. It, you're probably obsessed, a stalker, and I need to get a protective order. If you're right. telling me that you're going to agree with, because I don't agree with myself 100% of the time. I change my right. mind. This happens. You know what I mean? Stuff, stuff evolves, and so things change. So nobody should agree with anybody 100% of the time. And the flip side of that is nobody should disagree 100% of the time. It has to be somewhere right. in the middle on that spectrum there. And so that's important to note. But I will tell you, for those that share this information uh, and that will be listening to this in Anderson, you can, if somebody wants to get this back to Mayor Broderick, uh, I will be asking for these receipts here right soon. And I, Mr. Broderick, I'm a nobody. He might not know who I am. But I tell you, he's going to quickly find out because I'll be asking for this. And uh, I, I have a really good relationship with Luke Britt, who is the public access counselor for the state of Indiana. I have uh, three public access rulings in my favor from different communities in which did not want to perform the way they should have. And I will be asking this question pretty quick-like. So it would probably be better for someone in Anderson 
to be given this information than for somebody outside to have to come in and get it and then make him look foolish because of this. So, you know, I, that's not a threat. It's just now I'm interested and it's kind of like a disease. I, you know, this is like my drug addiction. Right. I have an investigative mind. And so when I'm like, oh, that's interesting to me. I want to know what's going on here. And then when mm -hmm. I get that itch, I, I it doesn't stop until it doesn't stop until I find it. And if I can't find it and you're hiding it, then I want to run you out of office. And that's that's yeah. just it's one of those options. And it's it's one of those. It's till I'm dead or until I find the information or until you're out of office. And it's it's one of those. Uh, so, um, you know, if somebody wants to share this and let you know, you might before you go crazy, just make some calls and find out. I, I mean, I mean, no harm. I wish everybody the best of luck, but just provide what you're supposed to provide and do right. It's not that hard. It's not hard to do the right thing. So beyond those receipts, what are I mean? Are, are there is is are there other things that are that are at play? Uh, you said something about alcohol, and that was very interesting. I didn't understand what you were talking yes, about there. Um, thousands of dollars of alcohol purchases for they want to say business meetings, but I recently just found some information from the state board of accounts that they are actually supposed to have a policy for any types of alcohol purchases mm -hmm. and what the liabilities are. And thus far, I have been railroaded as far as if there is this policy or isn't. So that is what I'm really digging into because I also want to see the receipts from these alcohol purchases. The more I dig, it's the more information that I find. And then I get another call from someone like, hey, this is happening. So then I start digging in that area. So I might not know where to start digging, but people are giving me the information that I need in order to do that and really make the citizens aware of what is going on, you know, within our local government. And it's going on right under our noses. There was actually also a $150,000 loan that was made to our board of work chairman's wife at the time. She's now ex-wife that was given like to the wife. I'm not understanding how this is happening in our community where the nepotism and the people that are basically it's, it's who you know. Yeah. And not what you know in our city. And the more I dig, the more information I find. Well, and I tell you, I don't know if it gives you any comfort. It's, the same thing everywhere, and it doesn't matter if you're talking about a little two-horse town where you've got a town council that acts as both the, the executive and the legislative branch, and you've got three people on that board or five people, all the way up to a third and second-class cities. You know, like Winchester is a third-class city in more ways than one, um, is always the joke I always say. Um, Muncie, Anderson is our second class cities. Indianapolis is a first class city and, you know, it's, it's happening everywhere. And I, you know, I always say, I, you know, I, I hope that gives, that gives people a little bit of hope to know that like it, man, it's not just our place that's corrupt, but then on the flip side of that, it's like, damn, everywhere's like this. And this is ridiculous and it's really bullshit because it's not that hard to make it not that way. 
I mean, it's honestly like people getting together. And the thing is, like what kills me, and I'm sure Anderson's the same way, everybody's bitching. Everybody's on Facebook. Everybody's on Twitter. Everybody's talking about it at the gas station and at the McDonald's in the morning, talking about how corrupt this is and all these police officers did this and and Thomas Broderick's doing this and did you hear what Ollie Dixon, you know, all that. But then 28% of the people get out and vote. You know, exactly. And so, you know, you're in a situation there where it's like, what's it going to take? And it's almost like nothing. You know, it's just, you know, that's what's going to vote. And we got to do the best with what we've got. And then at that point, it's making the best decision. But that is also something, you know, that you guys might look at. You know, voters registration is currently open and it will now be open until 28 days before the May primary, the next election in the state of Indiana and in Anderson as well as Muncie or anywhere will be in May. And so people who are currently not registered to vote or haven't been or went and tried to vote this last election and were told they weren't registered, you can get registered to vote right now. You can do that on the very device that you're listening to this podcast on. If you're listening to this podcast On the device that you're listening to it, you can get registered in the privacy of your own home, sitting in your underwear on the couch. You type in (laughs) www.indianavoters.com and it takes two minutes. Inadvertently, I always get somebody say, oh man, I didn't get registered. And I'm like, how the hell is that possible? I've said get registered for the last 118 days. And you didn't do something, you know, like at that point, it's like, I'm going to strangle you, you know, because it's like, I've been saying this and what, what's happening here. But so that's something that you can do. You know, you guys can really, really push that. The um, access to public records, I'm telling you, Stephanie, is going to be your friend using that. You know, they always said there, there was that old saying or that old quote, don't pick a fight with a man who buys his ink by the barrel and uh, mm-hmm. you know what that means is you know and that's normally a lawyer saying uh, an attorney saying is you know somebody who's got the pen who's willing to has the following and is able to write down what's going on and get the message out you don't want to pick a fight with that person because they're willing to write down what's going on and and in that same to- tone you know if you're someone who knows how to use the public access counselor and use those records request, you can really get a lot of information. And it's amazing how much information that's bad they will actually give you because they don't have a choice. And so um, that's something that you guys can do. Um, I tell you, I would absolutely, absolutely love to give you any assistance that you guys need um, help you in any way. One of the things that I looked at, your city council meetings are on the second Thursday of each month, correct? Correct, at 7 p.m. And it's at 7 p.m. And I don't know any other council uh, meetings that are that day, so that's amazing because that's easy to get to. Uh, I would definitely like to come and check out the next meeting uh, see kind of what's going on there and get kind of a taste of everybody. I know a couple of the council members over there and uh, I'm I'm at least 
through basically acquaintance uh, familiar with uh, Broderick. So, you know, I, I know a couple of those people over there, and I've I've done a little bit in Anderson, but nothing nothing major. But I, I am definitely interested in what's going on. I think that you have a situation... Uh, in Anderson that is very similar to the situation in Muncie. Let me explain to you what happened that kicked off the FBI investigation in Muncie. There was a gentleman who was working for the city of Muncie who was a the building commissioner. So he was an appointed position by the mayor. He was a Democrat foot soldier. His father was the puppet master, is the puppet master for the Democrat Party, which in Delaware County... The majority, 98.9% of all of the corruption, the dirt, and the crap is coming from the Democrat Party. Now, the Republicans get a lot of blame, and I will throw them under the bus in a second for the crap that they do. And, I, I you know, you have to be willing to do that. I am not bought, and, and I'm not owned by anybody. I will definitely, you know, ask the tough questions of whoever. But this man, Craig Nichols, was the, the building commissioner. He was appointed by the mayor. And he had a company on the side that was doing work, and and his company would keep getting the bids for for city demolition jobs, and he was actually billing the city for tearing down properties throughout the city, and he was making good, good money this way. The problem was the houses that he was tearing down on these lots, there were no mm-hmm. houses there. They were vacant lots. And so these people were so, so brazen, so ballsy. I mean, I don't know how he walked through the building in the morning with his balls as big as they were to to send a crew out to this lot, you know, 746 North Elm Street. And yeah, we tore this down. We're going to charge you $12,000 for that. And they get paid it. And there was never a property there. There hadn't been a a structure there in years. So, you know, um, it, 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 it takes something like that. The corruption had been going on in Muncie for 40 years by that point. So, you know, I know it's been going on that long in, in Anderson, and it, it's it's going to take something that stupid to happen, but hopefully it does. Um, I tell you, right. I, I, I absolutely uh, want to thank you for coming on and talking with us today. Is there anything else you want to say before we're, we're kind of getting short on time, but uh, anything else that you think people need to know or you'd like to get out before we wrap? I would just like to say, please join our cause. Um, Look at the information for yourself. Like I said, some people may not agree with what I'm saying, and you have that right to do that, but just look at the facts that I'm presenting and make your own conclusion from that. So if they could just join um, our coalition or even just come to the meetings in Anderson. You can see these meetings for yourself. I always try to go on live, so if you add me as a friend or you... Uh, like our City of Anderson Concerned Citizens Coalition page. You can see that information and start to get involved in our city government. Absolutely. Well, very good. Uh, We've been talking with Stephanie Finney, Madison County Anderson resident. She is connected with the City of Anderson Concerned Citizens Coalition, a Facebook page. And it looks like you're going to be on coming up with Kevin Smith on WHBU. Yes, I I will. On Saturday, November 30th, I will be speaking with Kevin Smith on um, air WHBU. 
Great, great. Well, I tell you what, uh, I appreciate uh, you coming on and talking with us today, and I appreciate the information you have to tell us, and I definitely want to stay in contact. Save my phone number. I'll keep yours, and we'll stay in contact, and we'll see uh, see what we can do. I'll definitely provide you any assistance that I certainly can. Well, thank you so much for having me, and we would love to see you at our December City Council meeting. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Well, you heard there from Miss Stephanie Finney, citizen from the city of Anderson, Indiana, she detailed out some serious problems facing Anderson. Nothing that I haven't really heard before. Stuff that sounds like it could be right out of Muncie or Winchester or Indianapolis or any other place we've ever talked about. So this goes on every place, and here's what we're going to have to do. We're going to have to broaden this platform, and we're going to have to help each other out. We're going to have to do what we can to better government through citizen involvement. And we're going to have to get more and more people together and engaged and active and fighting this corruption because it is prevalent everywhere. And it can overtake us or we can overtake it. You're listening to Perception is Reality. I'm Christopher H. Bilbrey, and we'll be right back after this quick break. Perception. Perception is reality. Reality. Perception is reality. Reality. I want to say a special thank you to Stephanie Finney from Anderson for coming on and sharing this information. It sounds like she could have been reading a script straight out of Muncie or Winchester or any place else, honestly. And that should not be okay. And that's why we need to come together and you need to share this podcast, share the show information, share each and every episode. And we need to stay active, stay involved, stay engaged, and fight back the corruption. Until next time, stay safe, God bless, and we'll look forward to talking to you again real soon. You've been listening to Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey. Bilbrey. Tune in, like, and subscribe at perception.fireside.fm. Hook up on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Bilbrey318 and on Twitter at PISRBilbrey. Email khbilbrey at gmail.com or get off your butt and call the show at 765 546 9796. Till next time, remember perception, perception is, is reality. Reality. This has been Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey, where we aim for better government through citizen involvement.